0: Hello, everybody. Welcome out to what is apparently one of the most shared podcasts in all of the world on Spotify. That's pretty awesome to say. I'm super proud of that. Keep sharing them. If you guys like an episode, send it to people that you care about if you think it can help them. Um, thank you for the support, as always. We're going to keep going with this series on surviving your early 20s, which I'm super excited for. This has been a lot of fun to put together. Um, definitely something that resonates with me because. Not all of this is, like, this is all important. And I didn't figure all of this out myself. A lot of this is taken from a, a number of other people. Like, multiple people have said the same thing to me. Or I heard it from, from multiple sources. And a lot of times, it, it just took time to sink in. Some of these things I have done very well at, at getting down. Some of them I'm still struggling with. It's a work in progress. Um, however, these are absolutely things that if you get, if you get most of them mostly right, you will do fine. You will be okay. You don't have to be perfect on everything. Um, You don't have to be 90% at all of them. But if you hit all of these points and you're at least halfway decent at all of them, you're going to be well ahead of your peers and well on your way to um, establishing the rest of your life in a healthy manner. So I'm going to start with emotional stability. That is the next thing that we need to focus on that that you should be focusing on as, you know, early on in adulthood, um, late, late teens, uh, 20s, whatever. And if you haven't learned this and you're older than that, then by all means, you'd probably need to catch up on it. Um, but emotional stability is what we're going to start with. I am planning on doing an entire episode on emotional stability, so I'm not going to go super in-depth into it. I am going to read some of my notes that I have um, for that episode. It's just, it's, it's not put together yet. <coughs> Excuse me. So just a couple things, and if it sounds disjointed it's because I'm trying to skim over some stuff because I don't want to spend too long on one thing. The first thing I want to talk about with emotional stability, and this is, this is important for anything, self-reflection. Very important. If you don't take the time to think about what you've done and really analyze it, not in the, you know, where you sit back, to go through the day, and you're like you're just getting mad and you worked up over the stuff that happened, but you're actually taking the time to figure out what could I have done better? Where did I go wrong here? I know I got upset over this thing, or you know, this this conversation went a certain way. Is there anything I could have done? And the point is not to sit there and what if yourself to death. It is, however, that you learn to think critically, and that you learn to develop your, or excuse me, that you learn to identify your negative patterns. Um, you pick up on the things that tend to trigger you, the things that tend to set you off. And it's not with the intention of forcing other people to to stop doing that to you, but instead to figure out what are some ways that I can learn to cope with that stuff? What are some alternative ways to react when this happens? What are some proactive things that I can do? Some steps that I can take now to make sure that I'm prepared when it happens again, because it probably will. Um, Emotional stability is really important. If you don't have this, and I mean, that probably goes without saying, but if you don't have this, you're less likely to take risk. So for example, if you wanna start a business and you know that you're not emotionally stable, even like unconsciously, if you know it, you're less likely to take that risk because you know on some level that it's gonna be difficult and those difficulties are going to be magnified for you because they're gonna seem disproportionate and if something negative happens, you're going to react very dramatically versus somebody who's very stable and put together. Those negative things are still there. The, the, the reality is, is not changed. But when they happen to that person, they, the, the response is not the same. So maybe the negative stuff happens in the business, but they don't take it home with them, for example. Or they have a bad day, or they fail at something, but it doesn't shatter their self-esteem, right? And that's something that you see a lot with emotionally unstable people, is that something bad happens, or somebody makes a negative comment towards them, and they, they just take it to heart. And it's not just that they take it personally, it's that it, it honestly affects like their whole view of themselves, their view of the world. Um, and that's just, that's just a um, characteristic of the, the character trait um, eroticism. You know, something happens on a lower level and it affects everything in your life. So, you know, maybe somebody makes a negative comment towards you about how oh, you suck at this or whatever. Maybe it's serious. Maybe it's not. Maybe you respect that person. Maybe you don't. But you take it to heart and then you start to question. Like maybe that happens at work and then you start to question well, do I suck at relationships too? Do I suck at playing music too? Can I do anything right? You know, so like you, 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 start, you start to lose this sense of like um, stability just, just throughout your life. And also, you know, obviously, if you're not emotionally stable, then you're more prone to like emotional outbursts. So you're going to have, you know, when something upsets you, you get very upset. Or you're, you know, those negative thoughts pop in your head and they drag you down. You know, they either upset you and you start to go off on, you know, you lose your temper or you get sucked into depression or whatever. And it can be really stressful because it's addictive because the good stuff hits you and it's like all of a sudden you're in a great mood. But then something happens and then all of a sudden you're in a terrible mood and you have no control over it. So a couple things with that, and we're going to hit on some more points later that are actually going to, we'll circle back to this and it's going to help. Um, But a couple things with this, one is that you need some strategies for managing this. On a day-to-day basis, I don't really have a meditation practice anymore, but when I, was, when I was struggling with emotional instability, I did have a meditation practice and it helped tremendously. Now, it's not gonna cure it, but if you get in the habit of being um, mindful for 15 minutes a day, and then trying to take that mindfulness into the world with you, it's not about sitting there and meditation for 15 minutes. It's about developing the habit of being aware of your thoughts, being aware of your emotions so that when you're out in the world interacting with people and other things, um, you, you have that sense of what it's like to not be engaged in the emotion or the thought, but to still be aware of it, okay? Now, when you are in the moment and you are dealing with something that's upsetting you and it's getting to you, um, learning to become mindful of those things, even if you don't start a meditation practice, just making it a point to become aware of that stuff as it happens. And this is easier said than done. And so somebody messaged me about this the other day. It's like, oh, yeah, I love your stuff. I just keep forgetting to use it. And it's like, yes, that's, that's, that's the point. You pick one or two things, and you take that into the world. One thing that I did when I first started all this, I think I mentioned this before, and I got this from a Tony Robbins book. I didn't make this up. Um, I, wrote, like, I wrote something down on my forearm that I could see, and like, so it's not going to wash off if it's on my hand or something like that. And I wrote that down so that like, I was constantly looking at this, this symbol to remind myself, that, hey, like, what am I feeling right now? What emotion am I going through right now? That way, if it's something that's negative, as soon as I remember that there's something negative, I can, I can make it a point to shift out of that. Again, easier said than done. And we've talked about this a lot before, we're going to talk about it a lot in the actual episode, but just super fast, some, some practical strategies for dealing with those negative emotions. One, body language, your, your emotions, your physical body, your, your psychology, it's all going to be connected together. So if you're getting upset, if you're getting angry, for example, your heart starts, your heart rate increases. You start to tense up. You start to feel a certain way. You start to get adrenaline. Um, if you start feeling depressed, for example, you tend to start slouching over. If you're fearful, if you're anxious, you tend to again slouch over. Um, you know, put your shoulders forward um, and start to like develop like a defensive posture. Maybe start fidgeting with your hands or something or your feet. If you that, that's that's your physical body reacting to something that's in your brain. What's cool is that if you change the way that your body is physically responding to that, it actually has a chemical effect on your body. Or maybe that's not the right term. but So like if you stand up straight, if you take deep breaths, if you force yourself to act as if you're relaxed and to assume an open posture, um, it, it increases your the level of endorphins in your body. It decreases the cortisol. Um, you stand in a confident manner. It's going to increase your testosterone. So basically like you act as if, and it really is that simple because you have a, it, your body physically responds to that on an unconscious level. Um, that helps tremendously. So it starts with the first thing is just learning to be aware of when those negative things are coming up in your head, making it a, a point to physically shift out of that state. Once you physically shift it out of that state, it's not going to fix it. However, it, it takes the emotional edge off. So now you're not fighting against the emotion as, like, well, the emotion's still there, but it's not as strong. So now you're able to shift your thought, your train of thought, consciously. If you're just spiraling and you're feeling like you're in a rage or you're, you're really upset about something, you're, you feel like you're about to cry, and it's like, oh, just think positive thoughts. Like it doesn't work because you have the emotional weight overpowering that. However, if you use your body language to take the edge off of that emotional weight, and then you start to shift into a positive train of thought, and you have like some some pre pre planned affirmations. That, that is a very um, powerful combination. I've used that for 10 years now. I love it. I've, I've, I talk about it a lot. I'll keep talking about it, but um, either way. Next thing, too, uh, surround yourself with positive influences as much as you can. Let me get some water. You're going to mirror the people that you spend the most time with. So if you're spending a lot of time around people that are not emotionally stable, guess what? You're not going to be emotionally stable. However, if you spend a lot of time around people that are pretty grounded, pretty down to earth, you're going to start to pick up on that. Now, it may be hard to find those people, but it's worth seeking them out. Look for people who are positive, who are inspiring, and try to, try to spend time with them as much as possible. That includes media, too. If you spend all your time listening to depressing music, guess what? You're going to be depressed. If you spend all your time listening to, what's the word? degenerate music for lack of a better term um that's what you're gonna start to emulate that's what's those are the thoughts that are being implanted in your head especially when you have your defenses lowered because you're not thinking about like filtering out the negative stuff you're just listening to music so you're gonna all that stuff's gonna come in on yourself um learning to trust yourself this is a big part of mental resilience you have to learn how to build confidence in yourself you have to learn that Yes, you can go through these difficult things, and it's going to upset you, and it's going to be you know, a painful, negative emotion. However, you learn to trust yourself, then you're not afraid of what that emotion is going to do to you, and it, it it lessens its impact, okay? And then the last thing, too, just, and this applies to everything, approach it with a growth mindset. If you're very unstable, and I used to be, and I still have my moments, um, but if you look at it as, hey, I'm not going to be perfect at this, but I'm going to... I'm going to make it a point today to get a little bit better. So I'm going to find, I'm at least once today, I'm going to catch myself when I'm starting to spiral. And listen, even if you've already freaked out, even if you've already gotten to the point where you're like, you spun out of control and you lost your temper or whatever, you spent three hours locked in a closet crying about, you know, the, the Instagram memory stories or what whatever they throw back at you, it completely throws you off. It's like, As soon as you remember to do it, even if you've already had the emotional reaction and you've already spun out, still go through the process of getting yourself together, pulling yourself together, make an intentional effort to do it. You may not avoid the entire episode. However, you will shorten your recovery time. And then you start to, it's a little bit easier to deal with the after effects than it is to deal with the the entire episode. So you deal with the after effects and you, you at least speed up your recovery. You build confidence that way, and you start to develop a habit. And you start to remember sooner, like in the, or earlier on in the process. Anyway, we're going to move on from that. I'm still getting warmed up. My voice is a little off. I'm, I haven't talked to anybody all day, so this is a little weird. All right. Next point for just, and this is, we're done with emotional stability. The next point, just for general life advice, be adaptable. Remember that you don't know it all, okay? We go into our, our 20s and I don't think this ever ends, but we go, we go into life and we, we have this feeling that we have something figured out. We've made observations. We've been waiting on the sidelines. We've been watching adults do what they do. And now we think, oh, I've got to figure it out, okay? You, you see their mistakes. You see, oh, there's a better way to do this. There's, a, there's an innovative way to change things up. Listen, I'm not saying don't seek to innovate. I'm saying understand that whatever you have figured out, Without experience is probably not practical. It probably doesn't work. It might try it. I'm not saying don't just understand that you you don't have life figured out. You need to be, you need to go into it with the mindset that you're going to adapt to to reality as it presents itself to you. Because we all have these ideas of what life is. And again, people don't grow out of this, by the way, we just lessen the degree of illusion that we're encased within. Um, it's very easy to get sucked into this this feeling that you, you do something once or twice and now you have it all figured out. Now it's Because now it's becoming a habit. Now you're going on autopilot. Just keep this mindset that, listen, I don't really know what's going on. I have some theories. I, I'm experimenting. I'm figuring it out. And I don't think I need to say more about that. It's just that I very commonly see or I very often see people young people and you know with this this mindset like i know what this is you know they 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 show up at work and they're like they think that they can do things better than people that have been there forever i remember um the one of the jobs i worked at not too terribly long ago they were nobody there had any sales experience and they were in training and i had gone into the office for something and i was walking by and i, I was hearing them talk like giving each other advice about no 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 people aren't going to respond that way here's a better way to to, to close the deal, here's a, here's a better thing to say, because people are gonna actually act this way. And I looked at them, I said, do you have any sales experience? Because what they were saying was ridiculous. I'm like, no, but I, I just like, I know what people are gonna say. And it's like, I, sh- I shouldn't have to say, don't be like that, but apparently I do. So don't be like that, okay? Understand that like I have some ideas and I'm excited to try them out, but I really don't know what's gonna happen yet. If you just If you go into life with that attitude, it makes it so much easier. Next point, which really plays off of that, learn to listen, learn to observe. And I th- I've think i talked about this before. One of the best things that you can do for yourself is to become a student of human nature. And you can't do that if you're focused on what you're going to say next, if you're focused on figuring out your response to other people's statements or whatever, if you're too busy trying to figure out, oh, how do, what, what joke do I make right now? Or how do I, what do I say to them? Instead, develop the habit of actually, genuinely listening to people. And when I say listening, I don't mean just paying attention. I mean, listen, and this is from Stephen Covey, listen with the intention of understanding. That's probably the best advice I've ever gotten, if I'm being totally honest. Um, definitely, as far as communication goes, listen with the intention of understanding, not, what, not, not figuring out what you're going to say next, but actually understanding what they're saying from their perspective. Not just the words they're using, but the way that they're saying it. Learn to watch people very closely, not in a creepy way. I'm not saying they're sitting there and like just stare at people and don't respond to them when they say things. Obviously, like talk to people, you know, have an actual conversation, but get in the habit of being quieter than you need to be. Over time, like you'll start to get a feel for things, and um, it'll be second nature. You won't have to consciously do this anymore. But in general, listening to other people is going to get you much further than talking to talking to them or at them um and there's some context there's 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 certain times and places where i completely violate this rule and all my friends will tell you if, if you if you get me started on something that i'm interested in and i want to talk about and i have an opinion i'm going to talk at you a lot but in general i listen more than i speak and i do that and i don't i don't just sit there and listen Aimlessly, I ask questions. I'm I'm trying to get to the bottom of where is this person coming from? Why do they think the way they do? Why do they feel the way they do? What are they trying to hide? What is the motive underneath what they're saying? Because a lot of times people will say the superficial things, they'll say the things that they're supposed to say, and you have to watch their body language. You have to watch the way they act to pick up on it. And this is not a natural thing for people to do. The natural response is to try to respond to try to assert some level of dominance within the conversation so you have to make it a point to not even say anything right if you say well I'm going to listen a little bit more than I speak well you're probably not going to do it you need to make it a point to just all you're there to do is to listen do that with your friends do it with your family and be curious like actually try to understand where they're coming from you'll be shocked at what happens people are going to love you if you learn to do this um okay it's my superpower okay Next point. You don't need to have it figured out, but you do need a direction. Okay. If you're anything like me, you probably have the potential for a lot of stuff. You probably have interest in a few things. And you don't really know what to do with yourself because nothing that you look at really feels quite right. You haven't found the thing that really resonates with you. Now, some people are very fortunate in that they just, they always, they've always known what they want to do with their life. That's great. Here's the thing. Most people are not like that. And if you're not, then that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, and we'll talk in another episode about how to figure out what to do if, um, if you don't know, but understand that one, it's okay. So relax. I can't tell you how much stress I put myself through trying to have everything figured out, freaking out because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I need to know all this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, working jobs like, which job do I take? What, what career path do I take? Um, you're in relationships and it's like, well, I don't know what to do in this particular situation, or I don't know if I should date this person or whatever. It's like, look, you're not supposed to have it figured out. You're young. The point of it now is to learn. So you experiment, you do the best that you can, you take the best option that presents itself to you. And you, you go with that. And if it doesn't work, then try to figure out why. Don't just say, oh, it didn't work. Try to figure out, was there, some, was there a reason it didn't work? Right? Was there an underlying principle that I violated? Because sometimes things won't work, not because that thing doesn't work, but because you didn't do it right. Um, yeah. Anyway, you don't need to have it figured out, so relax about that. However, you do need some sense of direction. If you just wander aimlessly through life, you're not going to get anywhere. And again, that's like nothing profound. Like that's, it shouldn't need to be said, but it, it, I guess I do need to say it anyway. F- pick the best plan that you that you can come up with. Sit down as for as long as you need to. Figure out what are my interests. What are the pros and cons to all these different things? What are my skills? What are my assets? What, a, what, what you know? Am I good at? What am I talented at? Do I have any experience? What connections do I have? What kind of lifestyle do I want to live? That's another point, too. There's a lot of things that I've wanted to do and I've wanted to be successful at. Like I wanted to accomplish certain things. But then at some point I had to learn that, yes, I would like to accomplish that thing. Do I want to live that lifestyle, though, that it takes to accomplish that? So I remember a good example of that was I was um, when I was still in the military. I went to the, the scout sniper indo- indoctrination course. And I remember I got out there because like that was a huge goal for me. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I really want to accomplish this. And I got out there and I was sitting in, I was laying in a swamp after the longest day of my life. And I was, I was laying in the swamp. I was exhausted. I was in so much pain. It was a thousand degrees and I'm inside the sleeping bag zipped up. And there's a mosquito in the bag with me. And I can't open the bag because more mosquitoes are going to get in. I can't swat the mosquito because I'm, I'm balancing on a like, little strip of mud that's between like two pools of water. So I can't move. I can't get the mosquito. And it's just, it's buzzing around. It's biting the crap out of me. It's loud. It sounds like a drone flying overhead. It's just so like, those the mosquitoes on Camp Lejeune are terrible. They're, we call them pterodactyls. They're, they're massive. They're like the size of your hand and they hurt. Like they hit you with impact. It feels like you're getting stabbed with a, with a needle. And I remember thinking, okay, it'd be cool to accomplish this but do I want to spend the next three years doing this every day? And I thought about it and I was like, no, I really don't. Like it's it's the pride, the ego factor of doing this is the only thing driving me. I don't actually want to do this job. I just want to have the title. I just want to accomplish it. Like I want to overcome something that's, you know, difficult and formidable. I don't want to actually go through this routine every day though. And so I quit, and that was like the first time I had ever quit anything, and I felt so bad about it. But I got back to the barracks, and I was watching them run around through the mud, and I went and took a shower. I was like, you know what? I'm happy with my decision. A year later, it's freezing cold out. I see them running around in shorts doing stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, no, like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need to do that. It was not necessary. Some people, they do want to do that. And for them, by all means, go after it. More power to you. But I did not want to live that lifestyle, and there's a few things like that that I wanted to do. They're like just random goals that came up, and I had to ask myself: Is this an ego thing? Is this something that I want to have as like because it's my? It, it would be cool to say, or do I actually want to live that lifestyle? You know, podcasting is a good example. Podcasting people like the idea of being famous, semi-famous. They like the idea of being able to influence people and make money from home. But then they start doing it and they realize there's a crap load of work that goes into this. It's really frustrating and it's really uh, demoralizing. Like right now, like the big half, first half of this episode, I'm just like, I can't speak today. I sound like garbage today. I sound like an idiot. Because I haven't, like, I'm, 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 t- I'm tired, I'm a little bit dehydrated, and it's like, I don't feel like I'm doing very good right now. I don't feel like people are going to like this. I really don't. Like, that's just how it is. But I have to make the content. I have to put this out there. I have a responsibility to people. And on top of that, I have to do a tremendous amount of work to make sure that what I prepare for you guys is good. I can't just, like, wing it. I have to give you something valuable. People are listening to me. And so it's like, this is a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that I have done for free for years before I ever started making any money off of this. And like now I'm starting to make a little bit, but even then it's like, it's, that's its own separate challenge. So it's like, do I want to live this lifestyle? Yes, actually I do. This is actually very rewarding for me and every step of the process is rewarding for me. This is how I live anyway. I do this kind of research anyway. If I wasn't talking into the microphone, I would be sitting in the corner of my room talking to myself, wishing I had an audience. So it's like, yes, this actually does work for me. So in that case, it's not about the pride. It's not about the ego. It's about this is actually something that resonates with me. And so I, that's, that's a really valuable lesson that I, I learned. Um, that's one of the few things that nobody actually taught me. Well, I think I might have read something about it somewhere, but I I remember when it clicked for me, I was looking at like, I want to go do this. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to accomplish that. I don't want to live that every day. So again, have some kind of direction, have something that you want to do, but understand it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. You can start something and quit and not be a failure. If you realize this is not right for me, but you have to learn to distinguish between this is not right for me and this is hard, okay? Because difficult challenging, hard, they're going to feel like depression, anxiety, fear, it's going to feel like this doesn't resonate with me. Sales is one of those things. It, sales still doesn't resonate with me. And it still gives me anxiety. It still makes me uncomfortable. I still get afraid when I'm doing it. I still feel depressed sometimes. And the thing is, though, that I've learned that that's just discomfort. And the reality is that I actually do enjoy enough of this job. I get enough out of it, or this career, I should say. I get enough out of it that it's worth doing for me. And like, is this a lifestyle that's actually sustainable? I never would have gotten to that point, though, if I had just said, oh, I feel depressed going into this. I don't want to do it. Okay? So you have to learn to distinguish between those two things. And the best advice I can give on that is to be patient. Give it time. Give it six months. Four to six months of dedicated focus. Try something for four to six months of like really just go after it, be persistent, be consistent. And if after that time you're like, absolutely not, then okay, leave, go do something else. If by that time you're starting to get it though, and you probably will be if you're actually working hard at it, if, that, at, if at that point you're starting to get a feel for like, you know what? There's potential here. I just, it's it's just tough. I think you should stick with it at that point. It's judgment calling your part. I'm not telling you how to live. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, but yeah no you 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 do have I, I haven't even talked about the most important part you do need a plan pick a plan pick the best plan you can for your life and commit to it again you know a couple months whatever you may quickly realize that you can do better because you start something and you realize oh actually this isn't this isn't something that's right for me but it opened a door to another opportunity I keep thinking that I found the right thing and then after six months to a year, something else comes up. I get an opportunity because somebody sees what I've done in this or I've I just put myself in a situation where I'm ready for something else and I think, oh, wow, actually, this was leading me to that. This was a stepping stone. It's like, I thought this was the plan, but it's, like, it's not the plan. It's, it's, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing, and so am I. So that's fine, but you still need that sense of direction. I'm not aimlessly wandering. I'm picking the best plan that I can at the time, and I'm sticking with it. And you should do the same. Okay, next point, and more Red Bull. Take responsibility. Again, nothing profound here. But nobody does it, especially when they're young. And I still sometimes make this mistake. This is actually one of the first things that I learned when I was struggling early on. This is one of the first things that I learned that really changed my life. And I got it from... I believe Tony Robbins, he said, look, if you don't take responsibility for the bad things in your life, you can't change them. So nobody likes to say, okay, let's look at a job. Let's look at a couple of examples. Nobody likes to look at a crappy job that they have or a crappy relationship that they have with somebody or a past of, you know, drug abuse, alcoholism, whatever. Nobody likes to look at that and say that they had a hand in it. OK, and sometimes like absolutely there's things that happen to you and you can't do anything about it except try to manage how you react. However, when you say I am a victim, when you say I have no power here, that's just the way it is. It happened to me. I can't change it. It's still happening to me. I can't do anything about it. This is my personality. This is my body. This is my mind. This is my brain. This is my whatever. When you say those things and I, I have said all of them, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not, if you feel attacked, I'm sorry. I've gone through this. I have blamed other people, I've blamed situations. I've blamed God. The thing is, as much of as true as it may be that the other forces have a hand in this, you still have some responsibility, and if you deny that, you take away all of your power. So if a tidal wave crashes over your home and destroys everything, is that your fault? No, it's not your fault. What responsibility can you take, though, okay? It's like, what could you have done to be prepared? And did you do it? How have you responded to it, right? Because some people you know, actually go through that situation, that literal situation, and they bounce back from it pretty quickly. Some people will have something much less destructive happen to them, and they never recover. It's like, why? One person's being proactive, one person's taking responsibility and getting stuff done, getting themselves together, the other person is not. Now, that's an extreme example, and it's kind of out there. Um, And that's a good example of, like, you really have no control over that. Um, One thing, and I'm just going to use myself as an example. I recently have had a series of epiphanies realizing that um, a lot of the issues that I've had in my life were my fault. And it's like there's there's nothing profound there. It's just that I really didn't see it until recently, and I make it a point to try to take responsibility for stuff, but sometimes we have blind spots. Sometimes we don't realize where we're avoiding, you know, being honest with ourselves. So it's important to be to take the time for self-reflection. Understand it's a process. It's a circular process. It's not linear. So you're gonna go go through phases where you know you you dig into it a little a little bit, and then you move on and you come back to it and you dig in even deeper. And you realize, oh, actually, I could have done even more, right? Um, so for a long time, like I blamed society for the issues I was having and, you know, dating, whatever. Or I, I blamed, you know, women in general. Or I blamed uh, the, the age group. Or I blamed whatever. I blamed America. And it's like those things certainly have some, like, effect, yes. But at the same time, it's like I chose to be with that person. I chose to stay as long as I did. I chose to react to what they did the way I did. I chose not to protect myself in ways that I could have. I chose not to leave sooner. So it's like, in that situation, was everything my fault? No, absolutely not. Were some things my fault? Yes. Um, when I first learned this, I was struggling with depression. And I thought, okay, well, I can't really do anything about the fact that I'm depressed, however, well, the, the let me rephrase that. My mindset was that I couldn't do anything about being depressed. I thought like I bought into the bullshit about, you know, you're chemically imbalanced. There's nothing you can do. You got to be on medication. It's just the way it is. I bought into that. However, over time I realized, okay, maybe I can't change this. And this is before I really understood what I could do, but I thought, okay, what can I change though? Can I start taking care of my physical health? Yes, I can. I don't want to. It's difficult because I'm depressed, but like, I can do this. Okay. So I started taking care of myself physically. Can I do things to make my mind stronger? Yes. Okay. Can I do things to make myself smarter, more intelligent, and to kind of break out of this uh, state of like mindlessness that I'm in? Yes. Can I do things to make myself more spiritually healthy? Yes. And so I started finding these things. What, What could I do? And, you know, you do each of them a little bit. And you start to put them together and they start to add up over time. And, you know, there wasn't any one thing that was like, just tip the scales and it's like, okay, all of a sudden I'm not depressed anymore. But when you find as many things that you can control as possible and you start actually taking action towards fixing them, they add up pretty quickly. And it may not completely cure your depression, but it puts you in a, or it, it, it didn't, but it did put me in a point or in a place where I could start to make some really like um, tangible changes. And I and I was able to overcome that that mental health issue. And you know, it comes back up every now and again. I dealt with it over this this past winter, but now I have strategies to deal with it. Now I have a, a life that is built in a certain way where I can handle it. I'm emotionally stable. Um there's there's a lot of things that I've I've learned. It's like, you know what, I can't do anything if a negative thought pops in my head. Like that that's the, that's just it is what it is, it's gonna happen. I can do something about how I react to it though. I can decide how much energy I give to it. So certain things um, used to, to set me off really badly. They pop up and I just have a very physical response to them. So those things, it's like, okay, I can't control that physical response, but I can control if I give into it. I can control if I give it energy, if I if I fixate on it and I let myself spiral out. I can absolutely control that. So I'm going to. I can put my energy towards something that's going to be productive. I can, you know, learn the the, the stuff what I was talking about earlier with like how to shift your um, your emotional state. Same thing with jobs. Same thing with people in general. It's easy to say, oh, this person is just a you know rude person and they're ju- they're just out to get me. It's like maybe they are, and it's possible, and sometimes it's even likely. Most of the time, people are really not out to get you. People are pretty selfish and self-absorbed and not thinking about you, but. Yes, they may be out to get you. Even if they are, and whether they are or not is beside the point, what can you do about it? Well, you can't change them. You can't fix them. And there's kind of a waste of energy to just spend your life attacking people that are out to get you. But you can learn to find ways to to, to, to keep that from affecting you. You can focus on the things that are within your control. But again, nothing's in your control if you don't take responsibility for it. If you insist that, well, I can't be wealthy because the economy's bad, the economy's bad, again, see, I can't talk tonight. I can't be wealthy because the economy's bad. Well, no, that's not true. That's ridiculous. That's an excuse. That is you playing victim. That is you giving away your control because it's easier to say that than it is to admit that you screwed up somewhere. Oh, I can't be happy because my parents are all alcoholics. Well, no, that makes it harder to get yourself together and to, to start life on the right track. And maybe you've already started on the wrong track. It makes it harder to fix things down the road, yes, but it doesn't make it impossible unless you say it does. If you don't take responsibility for yourself, because, look, you could have reacted to that differently. You could have used different strategies to deal with that situation you know, you couldn't control those people, but you could control the way that you handled them. You can control the philosophy that you use to look at life with. So, for example, if you if you have the, the mindset, the philosophy that things are going to happen to me, but it doesn't matter what happens to me. I will find a way to see the positive, like, you know, very, very stoic philosophy. And I, I love the stoic philosophers. <clears throat> That's really just the hallmark of, of that whole you know school of thought. It's like, look. Things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. I'm going to find ways to keep that from bothering me. So I lose my job. Okay, how do I make this a positive thing? Well, now I have the chance to find something new. I was scared to leave that job, and I needed to. This was the kick in the ass I needed. Okay, great. Um, you know, what are the positives? Okay, now I get to have this adventure. I have I have this point in my life where now I have a compelling story to tell people. Right? If I, my whole life was easy, I wouldn't have an inspiring you know, um, background to, with, which to impress people with which to help other people change their lives. Right. I talk about my problems all the time and it's not because I like talking about my problems. I actually really hate admitting the things that I do publicly again to who knows how many people, (laughs) you know, I can tell you how many people listen to the average episode, but I have no idea how many people are going to hear this by, you know, for its duration of, um, life on the internet. I don't really like t- sharing the personal things that I do, but I do it because I understand that people will resonate with it because people will understand that, hey, like this person went through something and they figured a way out of it. Not the most difficult story out there, but it's unique and it's real. And so is yours. Whatever you're going through, is it's, it's valid. It's real. It's an actual struggle. However, what do you choose to do with it? That's the only thing that you have in this world is the, the power of choice what you cho- or how you choose to respond to to the external world, you can't control things around you. You can only control yourself. So take responsibility for what you can. I will add to that, though. I learned this, and I thought, like, it really hit me, and I got I got carried away with it because I, I felt like once I accepted that 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 mindset, that philosophy, I re- really just felt powerful. I was like, oh, you know what? I've been giving away my power i've been giving away my control to other people to situations and when i realized that i i do have a certain amount of power no matter what i felt great and i got so excited and i I chose to focus on that which of course your focus is like a magnifying glass whatever you put it over it's gonna it's gonna blow it out of proportion and it's gonna crowd everything else out so i felt like i was in control of my life i felt great until i started to get into romantic relationships until I started to get into complex business environments. And until I started to get into you know, social situations um, that were, what do we say, toxic? I started to try to take responsibility for other people's actions because I thought, well, I can't control them, but I can influence them. And I just, I, I fixated too much on the fact that I do have some influence over them. And I started to feel really bad and take it personally when they messed up when they didn't do what was best for them. And I got really fixated on trying to save people. I got really fixated on trying to make every situation good when I should have been thinking, okay, you know what? The right move to make here is to leave is to get out of this. Right. And I've I've wasted a lot of energy. I've stressed myself out a lot and traumatized myself quite a bit, trying like fixating on things that I thought I could control that I couldn't. Um, so there, there, is, there is a point of diminishing return with this, so just be aware of that. Okay, next point. Network with the best that you can, but don't get dragged down. We're going to wrap it up soon. Okay, so as far as networking goes, that phrase that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, I don't agree with it. I think that there's, it's, a, it's like a half-truth. If you're an ambitious person who's focused on growth, and you grow up in the town that I did there's no one around that's really going to be a good influence on you I did have some mentors I did have some mentors and I did have a few friends I just didn't get to spend much time with them but the majority of the people that I spent my time with were not like-minded they were not moving in the same direction as me if you don't if you can't do any better okay then guess what like that doesn't define you just because you can't find a better friend group does not mean that you're doomed okay I, I really hate, I think it's a negative thing. It's like, yes, it's important to choose who you spend your time with. It, it really is because you are going to mirror those people. You are going to emulate them. They're going to rub off on you, okay? If you think, like if all of your friends, if all they do is they go home after work, complain about their life, smoke weed, drink, play video games, watch TV, if that's their life, if, if that's their routine, and that's who you spend most of your time with, you are a fool if you think that you're going to be successful and still be able to hang out with them you may be able to see them once in a while and that statement is the thing which is crazy that statement is is what gets me the most um heat out of anything out of anything i have ever said on this show on social media on anything that has pissed more people off and i had people actually come after me and like Take shots at me is is when I say listen you're going to outgrow your friends if you are ambitious if you are dedicated to improving yourself you will outgrow your friends and that upsets people to no end I've said some offensive things on here I make it a point to say things sometimes because I just want to set that standard that I will not be controlled I don't know why people react to it the way they do I guess you know they value loyalty and I do too But see, here's the thing. You can outgrow friends. You can outgrow family members and still have a good relationship with them. Okay, But you can't spend all of your time with losers and expect to not be a loser. If if they're not moving forward and you're trying to and you're trying to fit them into your schedule, they are taking time away from you. I'm not saying be rude to them. I'm not saying screw them and move on. If you want to move forward, though, you have to get away from negative people. You have to get away from people that are not moving forward. Doesn't mean that you can't communicate with them. That you can't spend time with them. Be honest. Hey, man, I'd love to hang out with you tonight, but I really have to work my podcast. I really have to get. I really have to study. I need. I need to make this, these these grades count. I really need to prepare this presentation for tomorrow. I can't go out drinking tonight. I have a sales pitch in the morning. I need to be sharp. Look, it, if they take it personally and they think that like, oh, you're, you know not a loyal friend because you're taking care of yourself, they're not your friends. They're not good people. A good friend will understand. They may be offended by it. They may be hurt. But if you tell them the reason why, if you're like, oh, yeah, you're a loser. (laughs) I'm leaving you behind because you're not going anywhere. Yeah, if you're rude about it, obviously that's going to hurt their feelings. And it's not necessary. I don't know why that, that upsets people so much, but it's true. You have to accept the reality that you're going to outgrow people, okay? And that's fine. That's it, It's okay. You can still have a good relationship with them. You can still keep in touch with them. Um, I, I keep in touch for, with a few people from the military. They're not ambitious people at all. But they also don't take up any time. I, if they came in town, would I go have a drink with them? Absolutely. But am I going to go out with them every Friday night? No, nope, I'm not. I got stuff to do. Can't do it. You have to value yourself, okay? Now, Find the best group of friends that you can and spend time with them, okay? Now, with that, I'm not saying take advantage of people. I'm not saying manipulate them. I'm not saying use them. I'm saying build actual relationships with them. Just understand at some point, if they're not growing, if they're not moving in the same direction as you, you're going to grow apart. That's fine. Still care about them. Still keep a vested interest in them. Just understand that you're going to have to put your focus somewhere else, okay? And when you are building those networks, when you are building those relationships, again, like, really care about the people. Like, actually get to know them. Actually improve their lives. Make it a point, not, not just so that they'll return the favor, but because that's the right thing to do. If you do that, you won't have a problem with this. And you will gradually, um, what's the word? graduate. Gradually graduate. Yes, I. Okay, that's why I didn't say it because it sounded funny in my head. You will graduate to new, new, new peer groups, new networks, new groups of friends, um, and 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 you know you you'll you'll work your way up until you find the the tribe that you actually resonate with and you can stick with it for the long term. Um, so don't avoid having friends just because you can't find anybody that's fixated on, you know, going to law school and being a high powered lawyer or whatever your dreams are like, okay, I can't find people that want to do the same thing. That's okay. You don't have to have people that are going to be exactly on the same track as you, but find the best that you can build those good relationships with them. You know, if it needs to fade out, that's fine. Stay in touch with that person It may come back and they may be able to help you out later. Maybe you can help them out later. Okay. Like those bonds are still valuable. Just don't get stuck in a negative peer group. Don't get stuck with people that are not going anywhere um, when I was working in clubs, I had people that I cared about very much, and I I had to let them go, all right? And I, in that particular case, I had to stop answering calls. But, you know, there's also places that I've worked where I don't talk to people anymore, but when they do reach out or maybe I think of a, a reason to reach out to them, we still have a good conversation. We still see each other once every year or two, maybe. Like, we go out to dinner or whatever. Like, that's fine. Anyway, I think I've said enough about that. I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're going to have part three. Is this part two? Yeah, we're going to have part three um, immediately afterwards, actually. I just don't like making my episodes too terribly long. So listen, guys, if you like the show, subscribe, share it with your friends. Um, If you want to support the show, you absolutely can. There's a thing on Spotify that lets you um, make a little donation. If you guys are interested in working with me one-on-one, reach out to me. I'm actually doing some special deals for specifically younger people at the moment, just because that's part of the series that we're doing. Um, Instagram is probably the easiest way to do that. That's the way most people do it. If you want to just, if you don't have Instagram though, go to my website, um, Jack Gray Psychology Hacks, and just um, sign up, go go to the email list there and, and reach out to me that way. Good luck guys. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any ideas for future episodes, if there's anything that you're struggling with happy to help you guys out if you just want to chat that's also fine it happens all the time have a good day guys best of luck to you